Hey everyone, this is Pedro Chung, and welcome to Bible Sumo Weekly, a weekly Bible study for everyday Christians. We are continuing our series in the book of Genesis, and we're continuing the life of Joseph. Episode title, Joseph the Dreamer. In this episode, we continue our study of the Joseph story, and it's here in the first section of Genesis chapter 37, where we meet Joseph the Dreamer. And through this passage, we'll learn four realities. First, we'll see Joseph's special status in Genesis 37, verse 2. Then, we'll see his father's favoritism in verse 3. Third, his brother's hatred, verse 4. And finally, God's providential revelation, verses 5 to 11. So let's begin with the first section, Joseph's special status in verse 2. Now, before I read the verse, I should review that Joseph, again, is the first son of Jacob's favorite wife, Rachel. And you recall that Jacob had labored 14 years for Rachel. He didn't choose Leah nor his concubines, who were his wife's servants. But from the moment he first saw her, Jacob chose to love Rachel. So let me read verse 2. Joseph, being 17 years old, was pasturing the flock with his brothers. He was a boy with the sons of Bilhah and Zilpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. So at the start of this passage, we see that Joseph was in fact still a boy. He is 17 years old at the beginning of the story. And Joseph's vocation, like his brothers, was working as a shepherd, pasturing the flock. But Joseph was isolated. He didn't really belong with the sons of Leah, because you'll recall that Leah was the chief rival to his birth mother, Rachel. Joseph may have felt a bit closer with the sons of his father's concubines, especially the sons of Bilhah, but that will be short-lived. You'll recall that Reuben, the eldest son, had lost favor with his father when he slept with his father's wife, Bilhah. And you remember that Simeon and Levi lost their father's favor when they murdered all the men at Shechem. So because of this, it is likely that Jacob was planning to make Joseph his heir. Now we read here in verse 2 that Joseph brings a bad report to Jacob. And perhaps by issuing this bad report, some may view this as a character flaw in Jacob. Some think that Joseph here was a tattler. But likely... His father Jacob had designated Joseph to be the manager because of his strong administrative skills. And although Joseph's report was negative, it was likely to be true. And so we see that Joseph's responsibility was to report to his father the truth. And Joseph had pledged greater allegiance to his father than to his brothers, even though it risked further isolation from his older brothers. Joseph's special status here was first being Rachel's firstborn son, and second, being the acting manager over his brothers. This special status further isolated him from his half-brothers. Well, let's look at the second reality, and that is Joseph's father's favoritism, as we see in verse 3. The text reads, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons because he was the son of his old age, 
and he made him a robe of many colors. Here in the Joseph narrative, Jacob and his new God-given name Israel are used interchangeably. But the name Jacob is often used here to highlight his weaknesses. But interesting, here in verse 3, Israel is used. And we see here that Israel loved Joseph more than any other son. And the reason given was because Joseph was the son of his father's old age. Joseph was the firstborn son of Jacob's beloved wife, Rachel. And from the time he was born to being placed at the back of the line with Rachel in preparation to meet Esau, Joseph was favored by Jacob. But Jacob not only favored Joseph privately, he favored Joseph publicly and gave Joseph a robe or a tunic of many colors. Now, the translation many colors is supported by the Greek Septuagint, which uses the Greek word poikolos. And Jerome's Vulgate translates the Hebrew word pasim to the Latin word polymitam, which also means many colors. So it's because of the Septuagint and the Vulgate that traditionally we understood this robe as being many colored or multicolored. And in the ancient world, the production of color in garments, it was a laborious process. Most of the garments worn during this time was black or brown or maybe white. But this robe or this tunic not only had one color, but many colors. And that made this tunic all the more expensive and more treasured. Now, getting back to this Hebrew word that is translated many colors, this Hebrew word is the word pasim. And I think it's interesting to note that the best Hebrew lexicons actually translate pasim to mean palm of the hand or sole of the foot. And one commentator actually notes that it is more likely that Joseph's coat extended to his ankles and wrists. Most tunics were sleeveless and stopped at the knees, and they would be worn by working men. But a long-sleeved, tailored garment uh, was one that was worn by someone who did not have to do any manual work or manual labor. So when Joseph appeared in this coat, his brothers recognized it as a sign of his father's choice of Joseph to be a manager, one who is preeminent over them. Now, whether you hold to the translation many colored or this alternative translation, the interpretation is clear. Joseph was on track to receive the title of firstborn from Jacob. And just as Jacob, the younger brother, was given the blessing and title of the firstborn, Joseph will likely receive the same title because he is Rachel's firstborn. Remember in John chapter 4, verse 5, John wrote that Jacob had given a field to Joseph. And the only field of land that Jacob had ever owned in the Genesis narrative was the plot of land that he bought from Shechem's father in Genesis chapter 33, verse 19. So to give this plot of land to Joseph at such a young age would indicate that Joseph was truly favored to be the heir to Jacob. Now, Jacob must have known that by giving this multicolored tunic to Joseph, 
it would cause sibling envy and tension. And Jacob's partiality for Rachel and for her two sons doomed his family to the same strife that he had experienced in his father's household. And this showing of overt favoritism in the family appears extremely foolish. Well, let's look at the third reality in verse 4, the brother's hatred. The text reads, But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. When we read this passage, I think we can infer that there were at least three reasons why the brothers hated Joseph so much. First, Joseph was given the role of manager, and he gave his father a bad report regarding his brothers. That's found in verse 2. Second, Jacob acted out on his favoritism toward Joseph by giving him the robe and tunic. And because of this, the brother's hatred grew stronger. We see this in verse 3. Thirdly, Joseph will soon share his two divine dreams to his brothers. And because of this, their hatred goes over the top. And that's in verses 5 through 11. So because of this, the brothers could not speak peaceably to him. Their intense hatred produced only contemptuous words toward Joseph. Have you ever experienced hate from a close family member so much that they couldn't even speak to you? Well, I think we still see this in today's family sometimes. And how toxic it must be to have this type of hatred and animosity at one's home. Well, let's look at the fourth and final reality here in this passage, and this is God's providential revelation, and we see this in verses 5 to 11. Now, before I read the section, let's review that from the outset, God the Heavenly Father has been present with Joseph. Now, Joseph not only received the gift, the special robe from his earthly father, but Joseph receives gifts from his heavenly father. God gave Joseph two special prophetic dreams, and God gave Joseph the ability to interpret these dreams. So let me read the text beginning in verse 5. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Hear this dream that I have dreamed. Behold, we were binding sheaves in this field, And behold, my sheaf arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. His brother said to him, Are you indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me. But when he told it to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you? And his brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the saying in mind. Now, 
It is one thing for Joseph to receive these two dreams, the special revelation from God. But it's another thing to actually share these dreams with his jealous brothers. Now, we don't know for sure what exactly motivated Joseph to share his dream with his brothers. But there are three possibilities. The first possibility is negative, and it suggests that Joseph might have been frustrated with his brothers and their mistreatment, and he wanted to provoke his brothers and gloat using these prophetic dreams from God to retaliate against his brothers. But I don't think this possibility is likely because this is not at all consistent with Joseph's character in the rest of this narrative. The second possibility is a bit more neutral, and that suggests that Joseph was unwise and perhaps naive. And the suggestion is that Joseph didn't anticipate the increased hatred that speaking of these dreams would generate. Now, I don't think this possibility is likely either because I don't think Joseph was stupid. He must have known his brothers had already envied him. And he knew that they would not respond positively when he would share the dreams to his brothers. The third possibility is positive, and it is this, that Joseph realized and knew that these two dreams were divinely given, and Joseph understood that he had a God-given responsibility to share this divine revelation. In the Old Testament, When prophets were given divine revelation by God, they were commanded by God to speak what they had seen and heard. The purpose of God's revelation was to make it known to others for their edification. Now, also in the Old Testament, one way to discern true prophets from false prophets is this. False prophets only spoke words that their listeners would want to hear but true prophets spoke words that their listeners would not want to hear. Keep this in mind when we later read about how Joseph interprets the dreams of the cupbearer and the baker. Well, if Joseph's dreams were merely ordinary dreams, like the dreams that you and I would have, I don't think this would have engendered much hostility. But if these dreams were truly divine dreams, that revealed God's decrees, this would explain the brothers' increased envy and hatred. You see, Joseph's brothers were already envious at Joseph, partly for his good character and for their father's partial love toward Joseph. So for Joseph to claim to have received special revelation and for that special revelation to be the brothers bowing down to Joseph himself, That was just too much for the brothers to receive. And so the brothers actually rejected God's decrees regarding Joseph's and their lives, and their rejection was ultimately directed against God. Well, let's take a closer look at Joseph's two dreams. The first dream involved only the 11 brothers. And so we read that Joseph only shares the first dream to his brothers. And the dream has the picture of sheaves, and these sheaves resounded because these brothers were shepherds. Now, Joseph likely shared both the dream and the interpretation of the dream. 
and the brothers clearly disapproved of the notion that they would bow down to Joseph. Joseph likely explained this dream was a prophetic dream from God, and this clearly offended the brothers. And the text stated that they hated Joseph even more. Now, let's take a closer look at Joseph's second dream. But first, let's reiterate, Joseph saw his brother's response after he shared and explained his first dream. But Joseph didn't stop there. He shared his second dream. Now, remember that God had gifted Joseph with the interpretation of dreams. And this second dream confirms the authenticity of God's revelation. Let me read what Joseph says about dreams in Genesis chapter 41, verse 32, when he talks to Pharaoh. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that the thing is fixed by God, and God will shortly bring it about. Repetition in the Hebrew culture points to emphasis. Remember how Jesus taught. He would often preface an important truth by saying, truly, truly, or most assuredly, most assuredly. When something is repeated twice, it emphasizes the importance of what is spoken of. And if it were repeated three times, it would be even more emphasized. So in Isaiah 6, uh, when God is referred to as holy, 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 that is an even greater emphasis. So we see here that if Joseph were to have two dreams, it would emphasize the importance and the veracity of these dreams. Now, let me make another note of dreams in the Old Testament. When dreamers in the Old Testament had a dream that came from God, they knew very clearly it really was divine revelation. In fact, in this Genesis narrative, the next three dreams from God, the dreams of the cupbearer, the baker, and Pharaoh himself, you'll soon see that they were completely shaken and disturbed when they had their dreams because they knew that these dreams were special. When you and I dream, we don't wake up being completely shaken and have a conviction that the dream comes from God. But in the Old Testament, when dreams came from God, they would be clear. And so for Joseph to have two dreams, it would be even more clear. So if Joseph had any doubt as to the source of the first dream, they would have vaporized with the second dream. And the fundamental meaning of this second dream is the same as the first dream. And that is this, that Joseph will somehow have rule over his family members. Now, let's look at a couple of detailed facts, though. Uh, Rachel had died while giving birth to Benjamin. And it may be possible that Rachel's servant, Bilhah, raised Joseph up as her own. And we'll know as we read further that Jacob never does bow down to Joseph. So it's possible that in the second dream that the sun and moon were meant only to represent the family as a holistic unit, uh, including the patriarch and the matriarch. And unlike with the first dream, Joseph actually reports his second dream to his father. And Jacob responds in anger, and he rebukes Joseph. Now, why is this? Well, 
Joseph's family is living in a patriarchal society. And in this society, the father was to be honored. In fact, throughout ancient Jewish history, it would be the duty of the sons to stand up any time the father appeared to show a display of respect and honor. In fact, the only exception to this general custom was if the son were a rabbi. And because of the honorific position of rabbi, it was the father who would stand up when his rabbi son appeared. Now, after this second dream and the sharing of the second dream, the brothers became even more jealous. But in contrast, the text states that Jacob meditated on this, implying that he continued to contemplate and think whether this dream could truly be from God. Well, at the end of this passage, we find Joseph is disliked by everyone. I mean, his father is annoyed at him. His half-brothers hated him. Because of his association with his family, we already know that Joseph is ostracized by all the neighbors in the promised land. He likely had few friends, and he was alone. But we'll soon see in this narrative that he was not alone. God has been and will continue to be with Joseph. Well, thank you for listening to Bible Sumo Weekly. For more information about me or this podcast, visit our website at biblesumo.com. In our next episode, we will continue our series on the life of Joseph, and we'll see the brothers selling Joseph to Egypt. Subscribe to the podcast to listen to our Bible studies each week.